Blow Pen Medicine, and welcome to the Well-Focused Podcast. I'm Mitch Sherman, and today we have Dr. Matthew Rusk, who's the Medical Director for the Advanced Internal Medicine Clinic here at UPHS. Dr. Rusk, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Mitch, for having me on. Appreciate you being here. So, Advanced Internal Medicine, that it is three big words, maybe pretty intimidating for somebody. It doesn't sound like a place you'd necessarily want to go. However, we are very much talking about how it is a place we should want to go. So can you tell me more about the clinic? Sure. So our clinic is um, specifically set up for UPHS employees. And internal medicine is really the sort of everything that adults would need. So we um, we're sort of the general contractors of medicine, if you will. And um, we try to take care of probably 85% of all of our uh, our patients' needs. We do refer whenever necessary, but um, we like to think that we form an ongoing great relationship with our patients and um, take care of them as they as they move through life. Definitely. And, you know, we're going to be talking about these ideas moving through life because as you move through life, Things are obviously going to happen, and there's things that we can do to prevent that with our with our health, chronic illness, metabolic disease, things like that. Now, you've been with Penn for quite some time, as you said, and for listeners that don't know, Dr. Rusk has received a bunch of acclaim since he's been here. Uh, in 2006, he's received the Penn Medicine Award for Excellence. Uh, he's been recognized as one of the best doctors in America and uh, America's top doctors uh, for multiple years consecutively. And from 2011 to 2022, he's recognized in Philadelphia Magazine's top doctors, um, which pretty awesome stuff. As you'll know from listening to this podcast, you're not going to be able to tell. He's very modest about this, these things. I just found these out before researching uh, this podcast, which is very cool because I work with Dr. Russ pretty regularly and had no idea. So over your time here with Penn, what sort of um, areas have you dipped your feet in? Well, um, so. Um, you know, as a general internist, we kind of like to think we dip our feet in everything because um, we're responsible for the whole patient. And so, you know, it's, it's all the different sort of subspecialties as much as we're comfortable um, dipping our feet in those. Um, when I was training here, I actually did my medical school and, and residency here. Yet at one point I had to pick sort of what I was going to go into, what field mm-hmm. I was going to go into. And I really decided that I liked all of them. So uh, general internal medicine was the perfect place for me because it was trying to learn a bit about everything and and doing everything as well as you can. So so while we do primary care, we also do a lot of the things that are subspecialists do um, to keep patients healthy, really with a focus on prevention and, and screening. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk about, too, is the importance of prevalence or excuse me, prevention and screening. You know, I was doing some reading and I read that about seven out of 10 deaths in the United States are caused by chronic disease. And oftentimes these are preventable. You know, obviously genetics plays a factor, but chronic disease might include cancer, heart disease, diabetes. The list goes on. And I know that with the well-focused team, we collaborate with the AIM clinic, uh, the advanced internal medicine clinic. We call it AIM for short. Um, so, so yeah, what kinds of uh, programs are, are you directly involved in? What kinds of tests are you running to screen and help prevent some of these things? Well, um, you know, I was going to make one plug, uh, first of all, for primary care in general, which is what we do. 
and point out that studies show that people who see a primary care doctor regularly actually live longer. Yeah. So if you take people with equivalent kind of health and one of them goes to their, their primary care doctor and one of them doesn't, the one who goes is going to live longer. So, so we know that to be a fact. Um, and so a lot of what we do, you know, as you were pointing out, Mitch, is, is trying to prevent problems before they occur. So patients come in regularly. I see my doctor every year and we go through a list of screening uh, tests that are appropriate for both their age and their gender. And we basically have a checklist, almost like you were checking out an airplane that's coming in for, for maintenance. And um, so a lot of it is cancer screening. We know that uh, when we diagnose cancers mm-hmm. early, we can treat them more effectively and um, prevent you know, um, serious complications or even death. Um, we also screen for heart disease, looking for things like hypertension, high cholesterol, and we screen for metabolic problems like diabetes. And with those, uh, we know that when patients know they have those things, they uh, are motivated to work to prevent them from progressing. And there's a lot we can do to help them. So, but the first part is knowing that you have it. Yeah. One of the programs, you know, that I'll, I'll put a plug in for is our employee hypertension program. We have mm-hmm. almost 260 patients in that program. And some of those patients who we enrolled didn't even know they had high blood pressure. So hypertension is a, which is another word for, for high blood pressure is the perfect example. You can have severe high blood pressure, which is going to do something bad to you if you don't treat it and not even know it. So the old term for it was sort of the, the silent killer, which is a little melodramatic, but it's true. And it's an example of the type of screening that you do when you go to the doctor that could reveal a problem that you had no idea even existed. Um, and so that program is one of our, it's one of our flagship programs. And we've been able to get almost 90% of our, of our hypertensive patients under good control. And we've prevented strokes and heart attacks and kidney disease. A lot of things that, um, you know, we're really proud of that, that, um, we've had to have, been able to have that impact. It's like checking the air in your tires before you get a flat. You know, if you're not checking the air, you don't know to put air in it. And if you're driving around on a, Higher without air, you could get a flat, and then you have a whole other issue. But instead of putting air in your tires, you're seeing your doctor, you're getting, you're receiving medication, you're making lifestyle changes. I just had Caroline Mann from Pennsylvania Hospital talk about making lifestyle changes to help combat diabetes, which obviously another metabolic disease that we referenced. So yeah, staying on top of it, you mentioned that people live longer when they are seeing their primary care, right? Their PCP regularly. Do you think that this is because of their newfound awareness of issues or hopefully lack thereof, or these people are just more proactive in general or maybe a combination of both? I think it's all those things. I think uh, when people come in, we're able to do screening tests and we're able to diagnose things like uh, colon cancer or cervical cancer, get them set up for the tests that we would uh, we would do for those. So we're diagnosing cancers earlier. Uh, when we have a a good chance to treat them or cure them. And then also just finding uh, problems that can be fixed through lifestyle changes. So, for example, early on in diabetes, people might have no symptoms at all, uh, but we can pick up uh, the beginnings of diabetes by ordering a a test called a hemoglobin A1C, or of course a blood sugar. And patients may be what we call pre-diabetic and have absolutely no idea um, that, that they have that. And then by 
motivating them and letting them know what's going on, they can do uh, what they need to do through exercise and diet and what we call therapeutic lifestyle change to get those problems ahead of time. But but if you don't diagnose it ahead of time, what will typically happen is you'll have years of elevated blood sugars and you're going to get some damage over those years um, that you might have otherwise prevented by jumping on top of that earlier. So a big part of what we do uh, in terms of prevention is trying to find things early and jump in and and prevent them from getting worse. Yeah, and, and, and this could be a whole other podcast, but all of the the rage around these new weight loss medications. But, you know, before these were so popular, you know, I'm still going to tout these until, you know, my days are over is lifestyle changes are really the the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes, your foundations for making these to improving these conditions. When I run my diabetes prevention program, the study that they allude to looks at thousands of people over many years, and it shows that you are half as you're going to be double or excuse me, you're going to be twice as successful making lifestyle changes to reduce your risk of diabetes, to lose weight, uh, to improve health all around than you would if you were just relying on medication alone. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Mitch. And I think as a lot of people know that the medications, you know, they're they're pretty amazing and effective. But when you stop the medications, uh, if you haven't done the hard work to change yep. your lifestyle, that weight's going to come back. And and uh, so I totally agree with you. I think uh, exercise, diet, and lifestyle changes are always going to be part of the answer when we're talking about diabetes and hypertension and heart disease. There's no pill exactly that's going to substitute for that in the long run. And it's great that primary care is you know, preaching this, helping people uh, access the resources that they need to accomplish this, because I do think that there is this idea where, oh, you go to the doctor, you're told something's wrong. Here is a medication to to to, to quote unquote, fix it, but not necessarily the case. You know, it's giving you tools to, like I said, address address these things um, and also just helping you screen to be like, hey, you know, you might be on the verge of this or somebody in your family had that. You should keep an eye out for it. Yep, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, sometimes we even write a prescription for exercise. We can refer <laughs> patients to our nutritionist. And I think all of us here at AIM feel like those things are equally as important as medication. So and they're absolutely a big part of how we, you know, we jump on top of these problems early and prevent them from getting worse, at least when we're talking about metabolic issues. And, you know, for pen employees, you know, you work at the the AIM Clinic, uh, Advanced Internal Medicine, you are located in PCAM on the second floor in the, the West Pavilion, correct? Exactly. Yep. And I just want to make sure people know that because access to care, I guess, is what I'm getting at, is, is a difficult hurdle that we've certainly encountered. And I just want to make sure people are aware of the resources that are there. Now, with access to care being an issue, are you seeing you know, increases in some of these issues because people are not able to see providers to know in the first place that something is wrong? Um, well, that's a that's a great question. And I think, you know, during COVID, um, many patients um, didn't have access to sort of the usual screening tests that they needed. And some patients, quite frankly, were afraid to come into medical offices. So mm-hmm. I think if we're talking about cancer screening, it's been um, three to four years where we all got behind um, 
and I'm talking about the whole healthcare system, there are delays in getting things like colonoscopies done because folks who needed to get them done during the pandemic didn't always do so. And so I think um, one of the barriers is access to certain screening tests. But I think the health system is working really hard um, to make up for um, you know lost time and um, and we're catching up. And you know one of the goals of AIM and and my colleagues who work here is to make accessing care much easier. So we're here uh, every day during the week. Uh, we really try to work hard to um, to fit people in. Um, we're a growing practice, so we're hoping to add more staff and really have essentially on-site care delivery, and not just for acute problems that come up or when people need to come in for some, um, you know, an upper respiratory infection or something like that, but access for all their care, the prevention and and important things that that we were talking about uh, right uh, at the at the place that they work. So that's one of our big goals: is to be convenient and to be accessible. Especially as you know, a lot of jobs are obviously at the hospital have never shifted remotely, but a lot of people that might have shifted remotely that are coming back to working more regularly in person or full-time in person, you know, they have those options available in addition to Penn Medicine On Demand, who they can call anytime that they need to to get an appointment, hopefully whenever with whoever. I know you mentioned colonoscopies. I know ophthalmology for a while was, if it's not still, is quite a long wait time. Um, dermatology as well, too. So, I'm, I, yeah, as you said, the uh, health system's working on these things. And, you know, hopefully uh, some of these issues are resolved so that people can get the care that they need and or learn about the care that they need. Well, that's right. And I think, you know, one of the things we also try to do is I think most people are aware of the fact that our, you know, our emergency rooms are really overburdened mm-hmm. and our incredibly hardworking staff down there is um is doing an amazing job of taking care of so many different types of problems. But our emergency rooms are are overwhelmed and um, too many people go to the emergency room with a problem that would be better addressed in an outpatient doctor's office. So we like to think that um, we're part of the solution to that. We want to be available um, to employees so that they can uh, come in and see us. We can pretty much 100% guarantee we're going to see you uh, and get you properly treated much more quickly than the ER uh, can because they're so busy taking care of, um, you know, true emergencies um, that, um, you know, might might require a higher level of care. But most of the things um, uh, or many of the things that patients go to the emergency room for, we can take great care of in our office and save um, save the patient a lot of time. For sure. And if those people ended up needing to go to the emergency room for, for something, then they might have a an easier experience there if people are seeing their primary care, even urgent care for less severe instances. That's right. And you reminded me of one thing I, I should mention, Mitch, is that Penn Medicine On Demand is, is of course, a virtual service. You know, you see the, um, the clinician, usually a nurse practitioner, um, on a telemedicine visit. But sometimes, you know, the patient needs to be physically examined or seen, and we work with them to try to get um, get those patients in quickly and take care of, um, you know, whatever Piedmont thinks they need. So we work with them and plan to continue that cooperation and make it even tighter moving forward so that um, uh, our employees can get care off hours at Piedmont and then, and then see us during regular hours. 
That's great. That's that's definitely great to hear and good to know. Now, speaking of things that are good to know, as I wind down these podcasts, I always like to ask my guests a question they were not prepared for, uh, whether <laughs> uh, either pertaining to the topic or not. This is pertaining to the topic. So you've mentioned that you work in generalized medicine. You kind of like everything. But if you had to pick one type of medicine that is your favorite to study, to practice, to teach even, what would you say that is? That is a great question. And um, I'd have to say, believe it or not, it's infectious diseases. Always <laughs> been interested, always been interested in pandemics and, uh, and uh, microbes in general. Um, maybe I've always been a little bit of a, a hypochondriac when it comes to those things as a kid, but <laughs> that's always been one of my favorite, um, um, favorite subspecialty areas. Okay. And, yeah. I thought you were going to say cardiology just based on, uh, some of our hypertension work that we've done together and the programs that, that you've put on for us and the hypertension program that you mentioned, but infectious disease. Okay. <laughs> well, I like cardiology too. And as I, uh, but I, as I told my friends that infectious diseases, hypertension actually kills more people in the world each year than, than all infectious diseases combined, which is amazing. So, so, uh, if you're looking at one thing you really need, we need to work on, it's, it's actually probably hypertension, at least worldwide and yeah. in the States. For sure. For sure. Well, listen, Dr. Rusk, I really appreciate you being here. This is really insightful. Um, I'm hoping that the message people get from this is go get checked out at your, uh, from your PCP. Preventative care can really, can really help out and save your lives, loved ones' lives, et cetera. Great. That was fun, Mitch. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.